Welcome to Talking Fußball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as dangerous as a two-goal lead against Bayern, fancy advice as sumptuous as Nadia Mamiri's Puskas contender, and two pundits who have already swapped places in the standings. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Soriga. This is Talking Fußball Fantasy Season 4, Match Day 15, and joining me as always, the fantasy Fußball got himself, Flo Reinecker. Flo, we are back for a show of 2021 and since we last recorded there have been no less than three match days but before we get into the nitty-gritty a listener question from our good friend Ronan Murphy who says did you guys have a nice Christmas I'll start with you Flo yeah it was all right actually um we were planning uh, to do nothing with the family but then um, we had like I think almost two weeks before Christmas that the school closed again and kindergarten closed again. So we were basically in isolation. Uh, I, I took a Corona uh, test uh, prior to, to Christmas and that was negative. And uh, so we decided that we can at least bring more, my parents in. And um, that's what we did. And uh, yeah, what was nice. And um, the, the best thing about it, that, that we're all healthy, uh, and nothing happened, and, I, and that's the most important part uh, at the moment. But yeah, it 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 was it was really nice. Uh, although it has to be said, usually one thing about holidays is like having uh, the time to spend uh, with your kids. But like that's <laughs> that's a new normal for us right now because like. Uh, it's almost a month now that, that the kids are at home. So it's, it's like, that's not, now we're enjoying time where the kids are not at home, actually. <laughs> that's, that's the thing about how, how things are turning out. But yeah, thanks, thanks for the question, Ronan. And yeah, uh, yeah, was, was nice on my end. And uh, how, how was your Christmas, James? Oh, I, I can't have too many complaints. It was it was busy leading into it, um, and I was glad to be able to take some time off and not be near my phone or my laptop or waking up every morning thinking, right, I've got to prepare for this match or that match or whatever it was. Um, so that that was that was certainly nice, a chance to recharge the batteries. Uh, I got to see a bit of snow down in Munich as well, which was always nice. I built myself a remote control Lego car. That was a Christmas present, so that was definitely a highlight as well. And I even completed a puzzle. So. So yeah, I was productive in many other ways, um, but it was nice just to take a bit of time off uh, and come back refreshed and ready for the Bundesliga action to to start once again, because it gave us no chance whatsoever. I, I, I thought about it before the last match day flew. I realized we didn't even talk about potentially doing one before no, match day 14, yeah. because we were so concentrated on the back end of 2020 when we last did an episode. Um, and so, yeah, I hope, I hope listeners can yeah. forgive us for not getting one out on the 1st of January. It would have been a cracking way to start 2021 i understand but uh yeah we did we were yeah. a little bit busy and hungover yeah <laughs> and we, we had to recharge batteries i mean you you were doing a lot of commentary stuff and and i actually i, I finished my first book yes James. this is exciting that was news. what's happening so i want i wanted to say that wrote a book about Werder bremen of all topics who, who would have thought that <laughs> It's going to hit the market in April, so so keep your eyes open. But yeah, that was like the the last eight weeks before my my deadline, because um, like I I I signed a contract with well the guys called who are uh, like publishing the book publishers probably is is the right term yeah you're correct uh, signed a contract and there was a specific date and like. You you know how it sometimes is as as a freelancer like working to a, <laughs> uh, a deadline is like yeah, it, <laughs> it it definitely can be challenging while like I, I did that at first on the side but like for the last six to eight weeks I, I was basically working permanently on finishing that stuff and like but that was great I I mean I talked to. Like I, I talked to like uh, with Rufer for for instance, uh, and uh, that that was that was great. Getting in touch with the guy who was a hero of my childhood and uh, other personalities around around Bremen, and yeah, that that was a great but a very very intense time. I I can tell you that I was like 
Yeah, uh, deep into work, and, and um, that was the reason that my fantasy slacked <laughs> off. I mean, <laughs> I, I, had, I had a great team, but <laughs> like I, I forgot to bring on players three times already this season, and all of them did very well. And that was just because I had so much going on. No, but yeah. Already got like the publisher got back to me already, and then they're uh, liking uh, it, I, and I'm like, I'm I'm really relieved now, and I'm looking I'm, forward. I, I cannot wait to read oh. it myself. I have to say, uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. And I haven't talked to you about this yet, but I've, if it's coming out in April, we may have to do yeah. some sort of giveaway to the listeners of the show if we can organize that. But anyone that was following us on Twitter and caught wind of the Martin Harnick yeah. story uh, in 2020 when we had to interrupt the show because Martin Harnick was calling Flo, yeah. you now understand why that was happening um and that was certainly one of the more unique instances of of 2020 it has to be said but okay we digress we've chatted away and and i'm i hope everyone else we should say yeah. happy new year to all the listeners yeah i, ju- yeah, no, I just please, had yeah. to share that but i i didn't want to share it before i have um, i hadn't finished it but because uh, i i don't think i i thought it was bad luck or stuff but i mean the the harnik story didn't even make it into the book. <gasps> wow. That's how great it is. Oh, okay. Now you've got me even more excited. No, that's very, that yeah. is very good. Um, and I, I, I get 10 copies for free. So we definitely can at least put one out for our listeners. Although I have to say that Winton Rufer, the greedy guy already, uh, reserved two of that copies for himself. Brilliant. But hey. totally worth it. Uh, the stories he told me is just. Well, that, I mean, I was going to say that's a great, a great review guy. as well. And I was calling him and he, he, he was sitting on the terrace in New Zealand <laughs> having a glass of white wine in the evening sun while it was rainy and snowy in, in Cologne. It was just like, it was so hard to have an appointment with him because like they are 12 hours off. Yeah, that's like a really small time window uh, every day where it's working. But enough of that, Jim. Sorry. It's all good. No, I'm sure, to be honest, I could listen to you talk about it all day. I'm sure our listeners could as well. Yeah. And I know you guys out there, you, you care about the fantasy stuff and, and we're like, we are prepared. We, we are fired up to, to do that and to like have a, have a great first, uh, episode in 2021. It's not just about me being actually a bit proud. I'm not sure well, you, if you no, can you tell. Have, you but... have every right to be proud. And to be honest, you need to get into the mode of plugging it's it. Not, so it's, it's all not good. even on the market. Let, let's get it going, <laughs> he's, James. He's, he's, he's drumming up the hype, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, 2021 is going to be a big year. We're happy. For, no, we're happy for you, Flo. I'm a bit lightheaded because <laughs> I already had two uh, gin tonics today because it's, um, it's my wedding anniversary. And uh, yeah, so... Uh, My my wife and I resorted to day drinking. That's the only (laughs) only time to to battle uh, to to yeah keep your spirit up. They dropped off the kids already. Let's tell listeners that as well. Yeah, yeah, we we yeah we we did the same thing as for Christmas. Did a Corona test, was negative, and dropped the kids up this morning at my parents. Uh, And now he's here recording a podcast with me, ladies and gentlemen, exactly what he wanted. Uh, What what could be better? But my wife's working. uh, No, that's good. I I appreciate it. I really appreciate you making this. It's all good. I'm sure our listeners do as well. So yeah, let's crack on with some fantasy. We do wish you all a happy new year uh, and hope that your festive periods, uh, however they were spent, and I know that some of you around the world, wherever you are, may have been in uh, quarantine or isolation or lockdown, whichever one you want to call it. Um, So we hope that you managed to find ways to fill the time with a bit of fun as well. Um, but yeah, let's crack on with some fantasy content because there was a cracking way to start 2021 uh, with one of our listener questions that had both uh, Flo and I chuckling away right before, literally right before we started recording because it came in just on time and it came from at Martis Sean on Twitter. And he said, I've got my World Cup winner Eric Durham jersey ready to wear as soon as the next podcast drops with a picture enclosed and all. I'll retweet it uh, imminently. Uh, he says, a side note though, because he does have a fantasy question flow. Uh, he says, are there any other Freiburg players worth investing in besides Grifo? I mean, Gunther is probably the the obvious one. He, he can have good games, but uh, I think what we have to be worried about is that Cologne is look pretty good uh, away from home, they've conceded the least amount of goals away from home from every Bundesliga club. Just four goals conceded. I mean, they um, they held Leipzig to a goalless draw. Uh, that's definitely something to keep in mind. I'm I'm not sure that is 
like if we can too, uh, judge too much into the away and at home records, if it, it might just be that the sample size is still really small on stats like that, but it's definitely something to keep in mind. And there might pop up a guy that's great value if Jonathan Schmid is out for the game. He's not training as we record right now and uh, he might be ruled out before Friday. So we get the news before we have to confirm our transfers. And then I think Lucas Kübler, who's sitting, I think, at around $2 million, uh in price tag, um, he actually would be interesting if you want to save some money. $2.1 I just looked it up, is his price tag. So Lucas Kübler is a guy, differential pick, great value, but only if we get the news that... Schmid is out for the for the game. No, I think those are valuable picks because Freiburg, yeah, their form has continued after the winter break. Uh, I don't know whether anyone else was in the same boat, Flo and I were, but I think we were expecting better from Hoffenheim, but it was Freiburg who came out as the more impressive side in that game, no doubt whatsoever. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's a good picks. Grifo is also, incidentally, uh, the subject kind of of our next question as well, which comes in from at FF underscore Vader. And he's asking for the best mid-price midfielder that isn't Grifo, Flo. He's got Amiri, Baumgartner, Derrida, Caligiuri as question marks on his list. Yeah, I like all four of them. Probably Amiri the most, um, but most of you guys probably have Wurz, uh, and you know I'm not loving doubling up, but I think you can do it in this instance um, just because Bremen looked so poorly, I have to, I have to say, and I can chuckle away uh at that right now but uh yeah it's definitely a concerning uh performance uh, by bremen but that's why like in a vacuum i like amiri the most and keep in mind leverkusen is playing next match day on a friday evening and like some of the concern is that amiri will get rotated out at one point because i think the week after next is with midweek fixtures. So they're playing Friday at Union and then they're playing on Tuesday again against Dortmund. So that might be a game where you wouldn't be sure if Amiri maybe gets rotated out and, for instance, Demirbay gets a start. But we'll know that. So that's that's the reason why I personally even think about doubling up with Wurz and Amiri just because of the Friday evening fixture. And um, the other guy I really like is Vladimir Darida. Uh, had had a great game uh, against Schalke. I saw that um, over ninety minutes. Was involved in six of the nine shots. He had a direct hand in it. Uh, four passes, two shots, two shots on goal. Really good looking. Uh, assisted two goals. So um, these are the two favorites out of these guys. I would be very with Baumgartner. I personally bought him. Um, also because of the Schalke uh, fixture in mind. But I can see um, Hoffenheim, like Schalke is one game away from the all-time not winning record. And like if one team can can bottle that record, I, I think it's Hoffenheim from what we've seen from, <laughs> yeah. from them. So I'm, I, I don't love it anymore that I loaded up on Hoffenheim last week. But my thinking was that they are the ones that benefit the most of having a, a break because they were just playing so many games with not as a sick of... Uh, they don't have such a large squad that they can really make up for having so many games. And I, I thought they come fresh into the year and have a good game against Freiburg and then traveling to Schalke. But now I'm not feeling as confident about that. So Darida... Or Amiri would be my uh, two choices. With Darida, you you get the added uh, benefit of him uh, having an island game, yeah, and gives you flexibility. So uh, Darida is is very much on my radar. Um, because with like with Guendouzi and Tuzar in midfield, like he's the most attacking midfielder out of these three. Um, so definitely uh, he's involved in a lot more of the attack and play than we um, used to see from him because he can, like, uh, he, he's a box-to-box -box midfielder who, who can have it both ways. He can play as a more defensive-minded guy as uh, an attacking uh, 
midfielder as both are possible. And he, he's playing more on the attacking side right now. No, I would agree with that as well. I think Dorita certainly caught the eye. Um, it was one of those you saw the hair to fixtures, I think, coming into the start of 2021. You thought, oh, that's definitely worth dipping into that market. But I have to admit, I didn't think Dorita was necessarily going to be this surefire pick. And I have to say, I think he's been an underrated creator in the Bundesliga for a long time. Yeah. But I almost, it was when I saw the performance, I went, but why didn't I? Th- I couldn't couldn't quite realize or understand why I had taken him off my list um, and gone for other options. So yeah, yeah I one to perhaps regret. Another question from FF Vader really quickly. He says, is it worth sacrifices elsewhere to upgrade Kostic? No, he he wouldn't be on my um, priority list. I, I I like him. He's definitely a differential pick. But with Bo Svensson being the new coach at Mainz, like what's going to happen in this game? I'm I'm just not I'm not sure enough to feel that I can warrant paying that much for Kostic uh, if I want to spend money uh, elsewhere. So it's a wait and see for me with Kostic. But uh, we've s- seen positive signs. So if you want to invest in Frankfurt, uh, go with uh, Amin Yunus. Um, he has his place locked down and he's a lot cheaper. Well, this is, I mean, I think we, we know what Kostic can do in the fantasy game. And he could be a huge, huge differential, but you are taking a huge risk by paying that price on the off chance. He does have an explosive game where he picks up a load of points when right now we haven't seen enough of that from him this season. And yes, picked up an injury that certainly hampered him a little bit. So I understand the thinking behind it, but I'm with Flo. I think hold off because I like Frankfurt's fixtures, but I think there are better, safer options you can choose in there um, that aren't as... Uh, high risk as that. Okay, let's move on to the next question. At Gerald U on Twitter says, Hi guys, just one question for this week. He says, I currently have both Trimmel and Friedrich. Who is better, or which is better, excuse me, transferring Trimmel out for Sessignon or transferring Friedrich out for Sosa? Thanks and glad the podcast is back. Yeah, I like Friedrich for Sosa better um, just because, uh, like I said, I have my doubts about Hoffenheim really uh, steamrolling Schalke. Uh, I say probably should, but I mean, it's the first game for Kolasinac at Schalke as well, and that might spark some life into into the Schalke squad. Who knows? But um, like, I, 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 I'm keeping my Hoffenheim players because that was my plan going into um, this year um, because of the matchups, but I wouldn't invest in there, so... I wouldn't necessarily sell because it still can be that Schalke is like as poor as we've seen and that Hoffenheim just like got out of the bed with the wrong foot. Um, but who knows? Um, and I think with Sosa, you, you, you're also getting an island game and like he, he's a steady provider of fantasy points for a good price tag. Yeah, I, I think I would agree with Flo. I, if you don't have Sessignon already, I do as well. I think Flo does too. Yeah. If, if you don't have him already, don't be bringing him in. Um, but Hoffenheim, it's yes, they have a game against Schalke. They're also at home to Bielefeld next week. So yeah. the Hoffenheim picks were for, for the first three games of, of 2021, really. And I'm not going to dump any of them yet, although I'm, I'm on the fence maybe with Andre Kramerich. I'm still debating. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I think Borna Sosa for the flexibility this weekend in defense is such a crucial pick. Um, I, I would almost go as far as saying he's almost a must-have based on the form he can produce um, and the fact that he seems more certain to start than maybe Plattenhardt, maybe Mittelstedt. That debate's still raging on and is still a massive headache that I ended up on the wrong side of last match day. I was very disappointed. Uh, right, right theory, wrong execution. Okay, moving on to our next question then, at Gavin underscore Doyle underscore IE. And I actually realized as I'm reading this, we've already answered already, Flo. That's how good we are because he's asking whether we should be getting rid of Hoffenheim assets or whether they're still worth investing in uh, given the Schalke and, and uh, Bielefeld matches coming up. So I'd, I'd hope that we've answered that already, Gavin. So we'll move on uh, to the next question from at Kid Icarus 1683 who says, thanks as always for the show. Always looking forward to listening. Thank you very much for the positive feedback. We are very happy to be back. He's asking Flo for the best replacement for Lars Stindl. Now, the question is, is Lars Stindl someone that you really feel needs to come out to be replaced? No, no. And I, I, I don't feel that way. And like he could be a differential. And if you don't have a Bayern midfielder, like it's depending on my squad. If like if you don't have any moves you feel that would 
definitely upgrade your your squad and you you think yeah getting uh, rid of Stindl yeah uh, then then do it but uh, like don't leave other players in your squad you, uh, who you don't feel will start or will have a good game just to get rid of Stindl because they're playing uh, against Munich so keep in mind mindset 12 shots on goal at Munich um, last weekend. So I, I think both sides can produce fantasy points in this match. And I don't think that we'll see this Bayern squad that basically quenches uh, all opposition with 75% having the ball, uh, conceding no shots on goal and, and, and being very one-sided. I, I don't think we'll see that. So... Um, I think you can get rid of Stindl. And then we already talked about Grifo, Amiri and Darida. Um, that are the mid-price options I like the most. And this would be like, that would be your replacement. But um, I'm, I'm not, I, I wouldn't rush necessarily to get rid of Stindl. But if you, like, if you have Stindl and Zani, um, I might... Uh, get rid of Schindel over Zane just because of... And is that where you go for... Yeah, because he's asking for a replacement. Is that where you go for Derida, Amiri in that direction? Uh, for Schindel, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be the replacement yeah. for, for Schindel. Yeah, good. Then we've covered those bases already as well, which is nice. Um, okay, let's move on. At J.Querelt uh, asks... Or oh, he says, Happy New Year to you both. So Happy New Year to you too. Uh, he said, I'd like to know whether we should keep faith in Cunha. Now, he was a bit of a talking point coming into last match day. Again, we talked about Hertha's fixtures. And I know we both went for him, but there was the debate, you know, he kind of stunk up the end of 2020. He got in Bruno Labbadia's bad books, which is never a good thing. And I was debating as to whether he was, you know, going to actually start last weekend flow. And then yeah. I, I saw the fact that he got engaged, uh, on, I think it was Christmas Day. And I thought, you know what, he's going to be in good spirits. He's going to have gone back. He's going to have had a fresh head at training. And Bruno, he can't leave Mateus Cunha out of this side. Unfortunately, we were right. Didn't quite have this blowout game. But how do you feel about him now? Yeah, but he could have. Uh, like, he was close to having a, a pretty good game. Should have gotten as, an assist with a great pass to Luca Bacchio, but, like, he couldn't finish to save his life on this day, Luca Bacchio. Uh, he was pretty close to getting an assist for the Cordoba goal because he was, like, inches away from barely touching the cross by Derrida. And then, like, by default, we, we've seen the Amiri goal. That's definitely not an assist because, like, World Cup winner Eric Dorm did touch the ball uh, <laughs> after Amiri first touched it, so not an assist. But if if Cunha just tries to tackle the ball and just hits it with a tiny piece of his shoe, definitely an assist. That's how we do do things. So uh, he he was called there, looked good, looked in good shape. So, so I think uh, yeah, you you can trust. Cunha and one of these days he he'll probably blow up for for another big game and like they're playing at Bielefeld could could happen then it's an island game that's also the reason why uh, um, I, I went for Cunha um, last match day just because of the flexibility and the matchups yeah no I'm I'm exactly yeah. there with you I think again. Hertha is worth going for the two games. We talked about Kostic. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I was going to mention the second part of his question. So we have already uh, mentioned Philip Kostic. Uh, So we can move on. We've got a couple... Two, two left, but these, the first is a three part question with some quick fire stuff. Uh, it's from at demon, uh, 2600. He says, great to have you guys back. Here are my questions. Which two do you sell from this list flow? Stindl, Duda, Kalajuri? Uh, and, he said he's having Duda and Stindl on the chopping block. Duda is definitely on the chopping block for me. Cologne, uh, I, like I clipped out the last five match days on stats before we recorded just to see uh, how things are shaping up. Cologne had 38 shots on goal uh, in the last five games. That's the worst of all teams. The second worst is Bielefeld with 43. And then it's Bremen with 50. So as, there's a lot of air between Cologne and the third worst team in the league. And that's why I'm like as as good as Duda can look at times and he will be involved in a lot of the Cologne shots, but they just like, they're so <laughs> not good going forward. Uh, 
right now. Yeah, they, they um, seem a bit lost. Yeah. Um, and then it's a, it's a close call. Stindl and Caligiuri, both are violent games. I mean, I probably go with Stindl as well, just because Caligiuri, they're playing at Bremen next week. And uh, like uh, at the moment, I've got, I've got the feeling like that we're, Bremen has lost until Kofeld eventually will get fired. And I, I, I think we are at that point. Really? Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, I didn't. Okay, yeah, really. I'll be honest. I didn't think I'd hear you ever say that. Yeah. Yeah, but okay. like what I've seen from the start, like the 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 squad decisions, and like was always backing like Bittencourt. If you saw the game, saw the game game uh, against Union, they had a counter situation where they were playing five against three, and he took a shot at goal at like twenty five yards out. It's just like I'm like I'm I'm not. What, what can you say about decision making like that? That's like the worst possible thing you you can do. And also, there was some uh, a graphic gone viral um, this week about like the on average expected goal quality of every shot a club takes. And like Bremen is near to the worst in the top five leagues in Europe of shot selection. And that's like wow. That that that's stuff that can be coached. For instance, that's something like like Cordoba uh, in an interview said like like that's the thing he improved the most on, not taking every unnecessarily shot. I mean, we loved him in fantasy for doing that, but like he stopped doing it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, very disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it, it's possible. So it leads me to believe that. They in Bremen sometimes they say yeah sometimes you have to yeah, like if you're not shooting you you can't score like uh, stuff like that yeah but but yeah yes select don't shoot like shooting is not always a solution it's like in real life uh, in football and uh, yeah it's like it's yeah I I, I just have to feel like we 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 trying the same things over and over and expecting different results and we know that it's it can't happening i mean he's letting like marco friedel is has been one of the best bremen players so far this season and he had a horrible game against union had a hand in both goals um so yeah of course he's letting down by by personal performances but yeah, I, I think at one point you 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 have to start thinking. Yeah, the the, the coach is part of the problem, and and I, I I definitely see it that way, especially when you add the data um, of shot selection. If you if you see the Borussia Dortmund coached uh, a Lucien Favre coached team, yeah, how, how high the expected goal uh, is per shot they take, that's not chance. I mean, it's not like it's it's not chant that that is happening every year. You see that every year with teams that that Faber coaches. He like and and like Kofel is there for a long time now, and we've seen the 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 direct opposite. I mean, it's not it's not modern football to take shots thirty yards out. Like most of the time, like the, like eight out of ten shots are, are from from twenty five yards out. I hope I hope this so is ther- therapeutic question, for James? you. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say he's he's unleashing, he's venting, I'm, I'm ladies sorry. and gents. I'm sorry. It's, just... <laughs> it's fine. It's my fault. I opened the can of worms by saying I never thought I'd hear that from you, and that's, so no, please, I don't, I don't mind at all. It's fine. Yeah, but yeah, but, <laughs> but I, I understand. I understand. That the was concerns. my smaller side. Why I think Kalidrui might be worth adding to your fantasy team. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Okay, and then his second part of his question from Demon two six zero zero was: Which two of these would you? Prioritize bringing in. So basically, he wants you to sort his midfield float. If we've taken Duda and Stindl out, yeah, no quick fire. <laughs> if we've taken Duda and Stindl out, with Baumgartner, Yunus, Derida, Kostic, who are you bringing in? Because um, you seem to be a big fan of Yunus, and you've already talked to yeah, Derida. Yeah, I'm going with Yunus and Derida. Uh, Baumgartner, like he's not playing up front because um, they played Belfort deal. We talk about Belfort later, uh, I think. But um, Baumgartner is playing on the left wing right now. I'm not sure that that suits his game and is good in a fantasy sense. So I would like if you don't have Baumgartner already, I would shy away from him and bring him in. in. Yunus is great value, and Darida is is pretty reliable, and they have. 
um, good fixtures coming up. So that that's my reasoning behind these two. Cool. I like it. I like it. And then the third part of his question was whether we consider Stindl a must-sell. I think we've talked about it already. One thing that we should yeah. mention, though, I will say, is that, yes, they've got Bayern this week, and then they've got a standalone fixture. Uh, it's the late Saturday game the week after. But then in the English of Woche... Odd. Yeah, but at Stuttgart. And at Stuttgart no, is... I, I, I'm not, sorry, I'm not talking about the, the good fixture. I'm talking about the flexibility. I just wanted to say yeah, that they've okay. got the, the first two games of the next two match days. They play on Tuesday night against Bremen in the midweek matches, and then they are at home against Dortmund on the Friday, the next match day. So they bring a lot of flexibility. But yes, we will talk about their fixtures flow, I promise. Ending part one, though, I want to do this question because it was a nice one uh, from someone that writes in fairly often, Mike Mulcahy. Uh, and he says, I don't have a fantasy question this week, but he was wondering, with Nadim Amiri having clinched goal of the year already, what is the best goal you have seen in person, Flo? Well, that, that's a tough one. I actually thought about that quite quite a bit. Um, I mean, I've, I've been on, on the Brabant side for 10 years, from 2008 to 2018. Uh, so... Saw a lot of great stuff, but I think it's a, a bicycle chip goal by Diego against Stuttgart. Um, so oh, you saw Diego I'm in probably the flesh. Going with I'm very that. jealous of you. Very jealous. What a glorious footballer he was. Um, no, that's a that's a great pick. No, uh, the yeah. Brazilian, the Brazilian, not the Argentinian. Oh wait, Diego. sorry, I'm th- I'm thinking about the Brazilian one. Yes, I'm definitely thinking about the Brazilian one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of <laughs> okay. course, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, he he was great, yeah. Oh, okay, so you great were talking well, about the Argentinian Diego. Not the real Diego, but still. They, still still they, good they enough. Bo- they both that, were great That was in their a great goal. But, <laughs> um, okay, yeah, I mean, if I had to pick one, I mean, outside of the, the five goals I saw England score against Germany in Munich back in 2001. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty yeah, important had, game that was know, as right? well. I had to get that yeah. in there. Um, yeah. No, I think Marcel Sabitzer's goal against Zenit in the Champions League last season, yeah. I think, really takes the biscuit um, because I had the perfect angle from the press seat. I've actually got a genuinely, I had bought a Leipzig kit that season and got Sabitzer 59 on the back for the minute he scored that goal in because I wanted to remember that moment as to why I got that kit. That, that makes um, me like me, uh, like you so much less, James. <laughs> a Leipzig kid. For what that, are you doing? I, look, I, look I, know, I know, I know, but for that moment, no. for that moment to commemorate no. my UEFA reporting for that, no. no, okay. I'm, no. You know what? I knew it was risky. I knew it was risky <laughs> saying that out loud um, and I'm sure you won't be the only one that's in that camp, but I'll win you no. over by the end of the season, I promise. Yeah. I've got, I've got, I've got. Yeah, but uh, the ga- the goal was kids. great, but like yeah. I, I wouldn't go so far to buying a jersey of Leipzig. Well, sorry, I've, I should say I've made that a tradition. Every time I cover a club for UEFA, I buy a kit from that season and I choose a, a player that has been the most impressed. So I got uh, that last season. I got a Kai Havertz Leverkusen one as well, and yeah, those are actually my only two teams this okay. this season. I've got to get okay. Gladbach. Uh, Dortmund and Leverkusen, uh, and yeah, yeah and Leverkusen. liking you more okay, again, right, James. No. Okay, there, there yeah. was a reasonable excuse at the end of it. I promise it's for collecting purposes, really, uh, and memories yeah. as well. But okay, we have digressed a little bit once again. Uh, we need to get onto the fixture list in part two. So join us again in just a jiffy. Welcome back to part two of Talking Fußball Fantasy. Let's get our teeth stuck in to the match day 15 fixture list. Uh, and we start, of course, with that Friday night game that has been mentioned already. Gladbach against Bayern. I just wanted to ask you quickly, Flo, because we touched on it a little bit in part one, but there were things I saw in Gladbach's game against Bielefeld, the way they were trying to play chip balls over the top that made me feel very confident. Then I was thinking back to some of the Champions League games against Real Madrid, against Inter. And I went, you know what? You would look at this fixture and go, Maybe not a great one, but I think there are goals in this game, which is always good for fantasy owners. Yeah, and and it's been the way that Bayern plays right now. I mean, they've gone behind in the last eight games uh, they played in the Bundesliga. They've, they actually fell behind, so in every game. Um, so, so I think all Klappach assets are at least worth consideration in, in consideration to to keep. Um, and. Uh, I don't think we'll see a boring goalless draw, but like now I've now that I've said it, it's probably what's going to happen. But uh, like, like my feeling is you're you're fine on both sides, and maybe not with the defenders, but with everyone else who taking part in the attacking 
um, part of the game, I, th- I think you, you could be fine. Then is there, I mean, I was looking at it as well. It's interesting. Gladbach have won their last three Hinrunde matches against Bayern, but they've lost their last three Rookrunde matches. The question is, does this count as a Hinrunde game if it's in 2021 and it's after the new year? I don't, I don't know. I don't know whether it's going to follow suit. Um, but I was trying to think, yeah, we've got some big names in there. We've got the Bayern standout players. You've even got Joshua Kimmich, who's back and had a very good game, even though didn't wasn't involved in a lot of shots, but he scored one and he set up another. That helped. And he's still on set pieces. And that's a good thing. Um, you've got the Gladbach players that we've talked about, uh, Stindl as well. Uh, you've got Hoffman, who was back and he was in brilliant form. He was involved in, I want to say, 10 of their 22 shots on goal against Bielefeld. If I'm not mistaken, that really is off the, straight off the top of my head. But it was a very impressive outing from him as well. Um, but I wanted to know, Flo, is there any players out there that you're kind of, you're hoping might pop up in the starting lineup but aren't guaranteed? Kind of like Leroy Sane did last week. I know we got the command news, but it was that late surprise in the starting lineup where you went, okay, this is a good move. Is there anyone that you're thinking for Friday night that might tempt you? Um, I think the only one would be Muziala. Not me personally, because uh, I've uh, brought in Zane. So I'm definitely not doubling up on this game. So I, I, I have maximum one midfielder uh, uh, out of this game. And I hope it's going to be Sané and he starts again. But if Muziala starts for 1.9 million, I, I think uh, if you don't have any other midfielder in this game, he he's, he's would be a great value choice Um Whereas uh, the the option of like having a free shot on having a, a pretty good star man who no one else has, uh, so Muziala would be the only guy I think um, will be in that category. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. Um, and I, you know, what I was going to bring up something in this game, but I'm going to save it for later for our player picks because I think it's a more interesting discussion there uh, to have at the end of the show. Um, so you know what? Because we've gone on so long in part one, I'm, I'm going to whisk through the, the. We've talked about Gladbach and Bayern enough, I think. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the Saturday 3:30 fixtures. Leverkusen against Bremen is one we've touched on. Now Leverkusen have scored in the opening 15 minutes in each of their last five league matches. It doesn't necessarily bode well for Bremen, as Flo pointed out. So I assume you're picking. A, a Leverkusen player for your player pick flow. Yeah, I'm going with Leon B- Bailey uh, again for so- 13.2 million. Um, I said I looked up the stats for the last five matches. Bremen conceded 14 big chances uh, during that time span. That's like the worst record by a mile. Uh, Frankfurt is second worst with 10. So like there's a lot of uh, ground between these uh, two sides. So I, th- I think Leverkusen can have a a field day, especially because uh, the German Vieira, um, <laughs> <laughs> Christian Gross, uh, is injured and out for the game. I was wondering who you were going to say uh, at the end of that. I was like, German yeah. Vieira. I was like, who's who's coming? No, after the Munich uh, game where Bremen drew one all, there, there was a tweet with Christian Gross' picture and Ger- <laughs> the German Vieira. Love it. Uh, I think I actually might have retweeted it for everyone who... <laughs> wants to look it up so yeah but that's what that's yeah. very good no uh, all like the sad part about Leverkusen is we don't have a defender we could trust we don't know if Lars Bender is going to start or not if we get some news that um, Bosch says that yeah Lars Bender is good to go and he'll definitely be in the starting lineup or maybe he says that Mitchell Weiser is going to start definitely that will be the two options I would think about but we got too much uncertainty and don't know who's playing on the wing and it's not worth risking for the rewards we've seen from uh, from Leverkusen in defense and up front it's the same we're not sure if Schick or Alario will start so um, Bailey is the guy to go if you uh, want a Leverkusen striker and in midfield we already like Wurz is like in, in probably most of your squads already and the other guy I like is Samiri and yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It's interesting that, yeah, I mean, it was last season, all of last season, we didn't want to touch Leverkusen's back line with a 10-foot pole, but they are actually, they do have some good options, yeah. but I do agree this weekend is is a bit of a minefield uh, when dipping there. So I like the Bailey pick because his form was brilliant at the end of 2020. Uh, Freiburg against Köln then. Uh, Freiburg have collected 14 points from the last six league games, which is a Bundesliga best. It's also the first time under Christian Streich that Freiburg have won four Bundesliga matches in a row. Pretty impressive record. Who's the player pick from this one, Flo? has to be Vincenzo Grifo. He's just like 
one of the like he he's one of the players I enjoy the most watching. Uh, actually watching playing football i i just lo- like he's not fast he's not pretty like he's not so agile but like he he makes stuff happen and i i just like players like him is is he almost fixture proof right now given the fact that even if they have a tough fixture you, you know he's going to be creating chances or taking them yeah you 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 could say that um although i like i have my a, a small lingering doubt if Freiburg will perform against Cologne on a level like we might expect from uh, the form the teams have shown in, in the past. And I think if I remember correctly that Freiburg ha- have already lost to like two of uh, the um, relegation candidates on home soil this this season. Uh, I think they, they lost to Mainz. I think the only win that Mainz got this season was away at Freiburg. So... Um, like I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not feeling that it has to be a home run to have Vincenzo Grifo in your in your squad because Cologne can be uh, tough to play and um, they will mind that they don't give, especially the likes of of Grifo, a lot of space uh, to create stuff and could be a game where which is not very entertaining. Yes, yeah, I think there is certainly a, a risk of but, that. Yeah, grief was still a great pick, and I mean, it's, it's always in the cards that that uh, Cologne like falls apart. Um, it's definitely possible. I, I, just, I, I think we have to be just a bit mindful of um, they are not as bad, especially defensive. Like they're bad going forward, but they're not that bad uh, defensively. Uh, Cologne that is and. That's just some something to keep in mind. No, definitely, definitely is. Um, okay, let's move on. Union against Wolfsburg. Now, Union, uh, the one thing they've got going for them is that next weekend, uh, they are the first match against Leverkusen on the Friday. Bear that in mind with Leverkusen as well, forgot to mention. Uh, but this weekend, they're up against Wolfsburg on home soil. Now, they've gone unbeaten in their four league games since Cruz's injury, funny enough, two wins, two draws. Uh, and that includes uh, a game against Bayern as well, let's not forget. Uh, the Capital Club have also yet Actually, does that that includes Dortmund as well? Doesn't yeah, it? of course they won against it does Dortmund. Include, it includes yeah. Dortmund and Bayern. My goodness, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, even more impressive. Uh, the Capital Club have also yet to suffer defeat to a team in the top half of the table, and they're unbeaten at home in their last six Bundesliga matches. I mean, are you on the bandwagon yet, Flo? I mean, I was I was back on it. I think it was match day three where I was talking Union up, and you were saying careful, careful. But are you on it now? Um, funnily enough, this is a match that I'm. I'm Probably going to the Wolfsburg bandwagon, uh, which, which like... How dare you? <laughs> like, yeah, but it's like the most um, surprising stat for me when I clipped out the last five match days is that Wolfsburg is the team that had the most shots on goal with 84 in the last five games. And the uh, second team actually is Freiburg with 75. So that goes to show third is Gladbach, then Dortmund, then Leverkusen, then Bayern. So like, the, but Wolfsburg is wow. leading by a wide margin. So it seems like the attack and play has clicked. Um, Union is conceding like average shots on goal. It's not like they're shutting out opponents like they did in, a, in at the start of the season. Uh, so I think it's not the worst spot in the world to go with Wolfsburg. Um, the only issue is they're playing against Leipzig next week at home. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. But I think Wolfsburg is a great way to be differential this week because I don't think that a lot of guys are like brought in Wolfsburg players in the first place because they were playing at Dortmund. And I don't think that many will jump on Wolfsburg right now. But like they have quietly been pretty good um, with shot creation. I mean, they had 84 shots on goal and just scored six times. That's an abysmal ratio, but we don't care about that as much in fantasy as long as they're creating these shots that will create uh, fantasy goodness. And and that's the reason why I, I would rather invest in Wolfsburg assets, and that's my player pick for instance, is Paolo Ottavio for eight million. Like he got ten points at Dortmund and a two nil loss. Uh, pretty good. Rossignol still out with uh, COVID, so uh, I hope he'll be fine. Um, but Ottavio is a great choice uh, as long as Rossignol is out. 
No, I and that could take some time. We've yeah. seen that with guys taking that, like they they take some times before they back to full strength. Yeah, it really depends how hard hit they are. Um, but we're seeing a yeah varying degree of severity when it comes to how long it takes people to come back. I think I was reading an interview with Andre Hahn in Kicker today, where he's talking about the fact that he he couldn't. He generally it wasn't that he he didn't want to. It generally he could not get up and and stay fit and stay in shape while he was suffering under the effects of it. So yeah, it's a case by case basis, no doubt. Um, but I agree with you. I think in this game you can make a really strong argument for investing in either market. Right? There's there's plus points on both sides. I do agree with you, Wolfsburg. I mean, just to uh, play their defense a little bit, like with Union. You mentioned the last five games and the shock, uh, the, 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 the goals count had gone down. They have played Bayern and Dortmund in that time as well. We should worth, yeah. it is worth mentioning that. But let's move on. Uh, Schalke against Hoffenheim is the next game. Schalke, they are not just 30 games without a win, one away from equaling the Bundesliga's all-time record, as Flo mentioned. They're also 26 matches without a clean sheet, um, which is always great news for fantasy managers, let's be honest. Who are you, who are you picking from this game, Flo? Because I know you mentioned your slight concerns early with Hoffenheim and their bottle drop, but yeah. who would you pick? I'm I'm going with the only guy I would think about bringing in um, if I hadn't a Hoffenheim striker already, and that would be Ishak Belfodil, just because of his price tag, 7.5 million. We've seen before his ACL tear that he can be a force in fantasy because he has like... He wins a lot of challenges, with, which at least give you a, a small floor on points. He's involved in a lot of shots, and he can score. And and for now, I I, I think Hoeneß is done with trying to get Munas Dabur up and running in the Bundesliga. It just it it doesn't seem to work with him. Um, and I think Belfodil has uh, the starting place on lockdown right now. Um, and uh, he, he could be a Vegas choice. Didn't pick him there, but uh, he's a guy I could see me picking if I, for some reason, need the money because I want to spend elsewhere and I want to, like, he, he can have a pretty good game for a more than decent price tag. And I, I wouldn't think in bringing in a uh, um, more expensive Hoffenheim player if I didn't already have him for reasons I already stated. I'm not sure how that game will go no okay pretty disappointed uh, disappointing performance by Hoffenheim I have to say that yeah just 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 a little bit um yeah on, on all fronts on all fronts it has to be said okay let's move on then Mainz against Frankfurt the last of the 330 matches we talked about the fact that Frankfurt's uh, fixtures are looking up right now Mainz this week and they have actually won each of their last two games having gone nine outings without victory before that Interestingly, Andre Silva hasn't scored in either of those two games. I have to admit, Flo, when I was looking at building my squad for the first couple of weeks during the winter break, I had Ayman Barcock down as a guaranteed second match day buy. I was looking to bring him into my squad, right? I've lost my English now. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't look as sure. So who's the player pick from this one? I'm going with Amin Yunus. Uh, Are you going like for the he, replacement? Yeah, 6.3 million. I, I don't think he's a replacement. Um Kamada is a replacement. So if we're looking at kicker predicted lineup, uh, it's actually Barkok and Yunus playing. And I'm, I'm like, I'm almost 100% that Yunus will play uh, at Mainz because he got praised so much by Hütter, who basically said he was the best man against Leverkusen. And like now he's the guy we wanted as we did the transfer from Napoli. And uh, so I think Yunus is pretty safe. He's too cheap in the fantasy game. Uh, so a, a small peek behind the curtains as like I, I saw his price tag. I, I wrote to the guy who made the price tag and said, really? Six million for units or was it even seven? I think seven million probably as it came. As I thought that was too cheap. And yeah, still, still think he's too cheap in the fantasy game. And we can definitely capitalize on, on that. <laughs> oh, you're going to have, you're going to have people on Twitter Ryan, you can you make the price of this player this? Can you make the price the price of this player this? It's no, gonna, it's gonna I, I can't, I can't do that. And I, um, <laughs> was in hindsight, I saw the price when everyone else saw the price. So it's hey, just but not. we every every season there's one or two, and right? it's not every, going to change after it's been set. No, 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 because that will, wouldn't be. No, fair. no, of course not. Yeah. But like every year, there's one or two that definitely stand yeah. out, and you go, oh, that they've completely underpriced that player, and they yeah. don't quite realize I mean, how big of an impact he could make. And yeah, Armin Yunus was a candidate. Yeah, it's it's humans who make who uh, making yeah. the prize. 
Well, I, re- I remember there were there, there used to be a time way back when where every now and again me and you would certainly come up with the baseline before we pitched it, to, uh, you know, higher up. Yeah. And I know, I know you. That might happen yeah. from time to time right now as well, but <laughs> I don't want to. No, no, no. We, no, we give, won't away give away too, too much. much. But I, I remember there were even players that you and I were, you know, we were off by like five million each. One of us had gone low or high and things like yeah, that. So of yeah, course. of course, there's human error. I mean, in there. like, yeah. The guy who did the prize was very low on Eunice, thought he wouldn't play at all at Frankfurt. Well, yeah, uh, and and then you prize him at seven million. That's just but, like, but that's now we can capitalize potentially. That. So we we say thank you. Yeah, <laughs> but like he he was right for the first part of the season. He was definitely right with pricing him down that like that. So yeah, but now he looks like a real bargain. Yeah, um, definitely uh, worth investing. No, without a doubt, especially, yes, when you consider the fact that Frankfurt are at home against Schalke to close out the next match day as well. So it's two nice fixtures in a row for Frankfurt. Okay, let's move on. Saturday evening, Leipzig against Dortmund. The four Champions League clubs are all going head-to-head this weekend. This is the second of the double header. And if I'm honest, I wish this was the slot that Gladbach-Bayern was in, but I'll explain why yeah. later. Um, I'm teasing this. I'm going to tease this all the way to the end flow. But let's talk about Leipzig and Dortmund. Now, Nagelsmann's team have recorded four Bundesliga clean sheets in a row. Five would actually equal their club record. Dortmund, meanwhile, they're unbeaten in their last five meetings with Leipzig, and along with Bayern are the only other team to have recorded four Bundesliga wins over the Saxony outfit. Um, this is the clash of the two best fantasy defenders in the game, Flo, Angelino and, and Rafael Guerrero. Is it a great match for them, though? <laughs> At least for Angelino, I think it could be a pretty good <laughs> yeah. match. Cause Any game. If, if you look, last five games, Dortmund conceded 67 shots. That's the fifth most in the league. They're definitely not a defense I would shy away from. And uh, Leipzig is creating that much. Angelino is playing in such a... Uh, attacking role that I feel very safe with Angelino and I actually brought in Danny Olmo as well and I I will stick with both of these guys and I think they are fine Um, I'm debating selling Guerrero because I need some capital to to spend on so I have to let go one of my high price guys and could be Guerrero Um, just because like it's an island game having two defenders out of that it's like it's no added benefit um so it's enough for me if i have angelino so it could be that that i let guerrero go and i also think that leipzig are the clear favorites in in this match against dortmund could definitely swing the other way around because dortmund has a lot of quality we know that but uh feel, feeling much better about leipzig and um angelino than about guerrero and dortmund yeah, no, I would, I would certainly agree with that as well. Yeah, and Angelino is basically Ishmael Jacobs on steroids this season. It's uh, the out of position on the left hand side, but uh, the guy's an absolute phenom, no doubt about it. I mean, in terms of uh, fantasy fixture, I mean, you mentioned Dortmund shots conceded there, so this isn't a game that you'd steer clear of in a fantasy sense, then either. No, no. Okay, yeah. that's good to know. So we've got the, the big guns going at it this weekend, but you can still dip into those markets. You don't need to be too afraid of doing so. And I do agree with Flo. I think there'll be goals in in both sets of games. Let's move on to the Sunday fixtures. They're important this week for that added flexibility. Augsburg against Stuttgart. Uh, now, Augsburg, they are winless in 12 Bundesliga matches against promoted sides. I thought that was an interesting statistic. Um, Definitely. Where is the fantasy value in this game, though? Because let's be honest, Stuttgart are probably going to challenge that statistic or that that streak. Uh, yeah, they're doing so, but they're doing so with like an open visor, if that's like a, a term you can say in English. But um, I mean, they conceded the most shots in the Bundesliga in the last five games, Stuttgart that is. So I expect um, some fireworks at least. I mean, Augsburg usually plays a more destructive kind of football, but I still think they like there there's fantasy value on both sides. Although if I talk fantasy value. Augsburg is, is limited to Iago and Caligiuri to a certain extent, but uh, if we look on the other side, I think Gonzalez is interesting uh, for Stuttgart. Um, he, ha- he had a pretty good game against Leipzig in a goalless loss. Uh, he did pick up nine points, so he definitely has a, a high ceiling uh, for fantasy points. And um, Sosa, we already touched on him. Uh, not that high on 
the Stuttgart midfield because I think the the water is a bit muddled there uh, that I don't know exactly uh, who who's going to start so I, I would shy away from there but these these are the guys I'll, I'll look at and um, yeah I, I like both sides of the, of the ball here a bit um, if we're looking next week Augsburg is playing in Bremen we already mentioned that but Stuttgart has an island game the late Saturday game at home against Gladbach um, I think that's at least okay as a matchup. So not necessarily a shy way game for Stuttgart. So, yeah. No, I, th- I think I think there's good value in that game. And I think Stuttgart are probably the best way to get the best value out of it personally. Because, um, yeah, I, I like Augsburg, but Stuttgart are impressing me this season, no doubt. And I'm sure I'm not the only one in that camp. Okay, let's move on to the final game of the fixture list. Bielefeld against Hertha. Uh, in their last seven competitive meetings with Armenia, Hertha have suffered just a single defeat. And that came after a penalty shootout. But we should bear in mind that they haven't really faced each other for a long time. So I don't know how those historical facts really make any sense. But the question for our fantasy listeners, flow is which players would you trust to close out the match date? Um, no Bielefeld players for sure. Uh, oh, really? I, mean, I, I thought they would. I thought they'd be top of the shopping <laughs> list. <laughs> yeah, we we talked about like how they barely get shots on goal. That's a big problem. And Hatter also allows the false fewest shots on goal uh, during like recent games. So it's a bad matchup for for Bielefeld. Uh, I think it's a, it's a good matchup for, for Hatta. We already talked uh, uh, about Darida and Cunha. Um, I think another guy you can look at is Juan Cordoba. Um, but we said that like he's minding his shot selections uh, way more uh, than before. But he's still a good option. Um, and you you uh, save uh, over three million if you're going down from Cunha to Cordoba. Uh, I think Cordoba is viable but only if you don't have Cunha. So I wouldn't sell Cunha to get in Cordoba. I, I think it's basically a coin flip. Who of these two guys um, will pick up more points? Maybe Cunha is a slight favorite, but not like three million more favorite. Uh, and even Pekarik or Plattenhardt could be worth investing. Plattenhardt is a bit pricey for me for 9.7 for what we've seen out of him. And it's not like... He's not locked in as a starter. I would say right now is 80-20 that he's going to start in 20%. It's Mittelstedt because um, Mittelstedt is a better footballer and maybe Labadia thinks if, in, against Bielefeld, uh, he, he needs people who like can do something with the ball at their feet. And that's definitely more Mittelstedt than Planhardt. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I... I... For me, I understand Plattenhardt's value, but I think Mittelstedt brings more to their game, personally. That's, that is why I ended up gambling on him last match day. And again, you know, right idea, wrong execution, because Plattenhardt was involved in shots and he did pick up a, a couple of points. And so it was it was the right idea to invest in Hertha, because if you had invested in Plattenhardt, then you've got him locked in for this week as well, potentially. Um it is an interesting one, but for me, Mittelstedt's going to have to come out of my squad, and I don't think I, I don't think I'm, I, I don't want to admit defeat by then bringing in Plattenhardt flow. So like, <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm looking elsewhere for my replacement defender, but I also do, admittedly, have to get rid of Stefan Line I mean, in my back line. And how bad would it be if you sell Mittelstedt and then he'll start oh, and you brought in Plattenhardt, and <laughs> then yeah, you well, feel would, yeah. like Glavadia has it in. <laughs> For you personally, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a hundred percent. I would I would a hundred percent feel that way. So yeah, I think he's coming out. Lionel will be coming out, but I, I like Hertha for the final match day, and I think there are some good picks in there. And I have to admit, Dorita is has climbed up my shopping list. Let's say during the recording of this episode. Um, so on that note, we should probably end today's episode with some player picks. Flow Vegas choice as ever. Who are you going for? I'm going with Nicolas Gonzalez of Stuttgart. Nine point five million and there's some talk that he'll start up front um so not in this a bit um more held back role and he had like i said nine points against leipzig had a direct hand in six uh out of ten shots of stuttgart uh, last week four shots two passes of a shot and uh, i think we'll see more than 10 shots um for stuttgart at uh, augsburg uh, and like in comparison to uh, to Leipzig, it's a much easier matchup. So 
Yeah, I, I like Gonzalez, and I think he's like in no man's land regarding his price tag. Uh, around 10 million. No one is spending in this area. Uh, you're going either up or down. And I think that makes him uh, interesting differentials pick. I would love him even more if they would have an enticing matchup next week. Uh, I think that's a bit what like makes him even more risky because I feel that a home game against Gladbach, it's not like if... If I bring him in, I would have wanted a slam dunk fixture on the next match day for Gonzalez, but still think pretty interesting choice and a good player and penalty taker as well, which is always a bonus. Unless you don't score like Forsberg, then it's not a bonus. It's actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then then you regret then you regret leaving Gregor Kobel on your bench, don't you, Flo? I mean, you yeah. were both in that boat this weekend, of or last weekend, unfortunately. Yeah, well. um, okay, you know what? I, my biggest choice it is inspired um, a little bit by this show, but uh, Vladimir Derida because he he fits the Vegas choice for me in the fact that it's not every game he's going to get two assists. It's not every game he's going to score, and admittedly he didn't do that last time around. But I do think he's a valuable way to get into this. To midfield and I think for a Vegas choice the fact that he's playing on Sunday as well is a risk that comes with an inherent part of risk just the fact that if he does have a, a bit of a dud game then unfortunately he's he's probably stuck in your side um, but that's why he's my Vegas choice and I think Vladimir Derrida is a, is a good good one for this weekend how about your super schnäppchen flow so I think Sosa and Iago are both the obvious super schnäppchen so uh, you, you write them already down and the other guy Already talked about is Lukas Kübler for 2.1 million. He could really open up uh, things out. So if Schmid is out, uh, Kübler would be a good uh, super schnäppchen. Uh, although I'd still prefer going a bit up to Sosa. He's probably my favorite budget guy. And then it's Iago in second. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I, along with the Mittelstädt pick, arguably one of my biggest regrets from last weekend was picking Iago as my super schnäppchen and then not bringing him into my squad. And admittedly, I made, well, I made a decision, Fly. I wonder what you think about this. I actually brought in Eric Durham last week purely to have a Frankfurt defender ready for the next two games. Oh, I thought purely to have a World Cup winner <laughs> in your squad. Well, that goes without saying, of course. Absolutely. And he's got such a claim on this show. Yeah. He was, of course, one of the first names that came to mind. But yeah, um, uh, yeah Iago, he, he made me regret that one um, with his late winner um, against Köln but uh, my super schnäppchen for this week it is between the two because I think you are probably doing well in both camps but Barcock and Armin Yunus uh, for this weekend and admittedly for next weekend as well I think could serve you well. I think Barcock comes with more risk and Flo is right to pick out Eunice as the better choice there. But yeah. both, I think, could do two bits actually this weekend. But what what, what is your stuff with Baltimore, James? Oh, yeah, sorry. Because <laughs> you, you wrote down Baltimore, not Barcock. <laughs> and I was, I was so curious, who is that going to be? Well, that's it. I wrote down Barcock, but my autocorrect obviously wasn't having any of it. So somehow that became Baltimore. Don't ask me how. Uh, yeah. The joys of autocorrect. But yeah, that was the... <laughs> That was the reason. I didn't even notice until just now when I looked down at it. Uh, but luckily, I knew who I was talking about. Um, on that note, should we mention the banker now as well? Who are you going for? Yeah, Leon Bailey again. Uh, I, I think he's the odd man out up front. I, I don't think he's in many squad. I actually haven't looked at it. I, I, I could do that. I, I will do that while you um, give your banker. But yeah. Already mentioned how, how, how bad Bremen has been, especially giving away big chances, not just shots on goal, but big opportunities for the opponent. And I, I think Leverkusen can capitalize on that, especially after having a disappointing start into the year. I don't think it's a good spot uh, for Bremen. It would have been better if Leverkusen were cruising and maybe um, being a bit lightheaded uh, going up against Bremen, but I don't think that's going to happen. Okay, that's fair enough. I can tell you he's in 5% of squads. I, I looked it up while you were talking. I figured yeah. it was better to do it that way around. Thanks, James. <laughs> but yeah, okay. And uh, to anyone that's been listening to your show and you're like, oh, James, we're almost at the end of the show. Like, what have you been teasing this whole time? Well, here, here you go. The banker, my choice, is Andre Silva. And the reason it's Andre Silva, not just because of Frankfurt's good form, but if a man right now is potentially going to be coming into my squad to re replace Robert Lewandowski, and yes, you did hear that correctly, replace 
Robert Lewandowski, then Andre Silva, I think it becomes worthy of becoming my banker. I, that is something I am considering this week because I didn't like Lewandowski. I think Lewandowski's only scored four goals in 16 games against Gladbach. Don't quote me on that. But he doesn't have a great record against Gladbach. It's not the most attractive fixture. I do think there will be goals in it. And Lewandowski on this form is the, is the reason I'm con- not considering this. It's the reason I'm still on the fence. And this is why I mentioned that if Gladbach Bayern were in the Saturday evening slot and not the Friday evening slot, I would be getting rid of Lewandowski, I think, 75% sure. Because it's Friday night and therefore you might as well have him in there. I'm not exactly going to be bringing in a Gladbach player. That is the only reason I'm still debating this decision on Lewandowski. Yeah, but you could leave the field by not having Lewandowski for sure. I, I like I I don't think it's like it's it's a risky move for sure, but uh, I, I don't think it's it's bad thinking at all. Well, I, I, my th- my thinking uh, is that I'll have a front line flow made up of three strikers that are playing against the bottom three. Right? It'll be Cramrich, it'll be Silva, it'll be Cunha. Uh, that that looks good for one week, but I don't know whether I'm falling in love with the fixtures here a bit much. Yeah, and you, you're like you're bringing, like you, you, you're giving yourself, you're getting yourself into the p- position to have to buy Lewandowski back, and uh, like he's always pricey, but they're playing at home against Freiburg on an island game next week, so you definitely want Lewandowski next week, and he's pretty pricey. So like you, you're digging yourself definitely a small hole. But uh, yeah, it, it can work off. I, I, I like kind of like ballsy moves like that. And I, I would maybe think about it. Uh, but like I, my, my attack is set. Um, that I was planning that uh, going into the year with Kramaric, Kunja and Lewandowski. Um, not having to make a transfer up front. Uh, but I have to do other transfers uh, in my squad. And that's why I I'm, I'm probably don't have a transfer up front. So I'm not even even considering selling Lewandowski. But I think it's an imp- interesting point to make. Thank you. I, I, um, I, it's, it's a ballsy move. And it will. I think it will probably, you're right, it's difficult to get him back in once you take him out. It's ultimately going to hinge on my ability to convince myself that next weekend I can make three moves that will one will save me money and one will allow me to bring him back in. But yeah. there's no guarantees about that because all it takes is a, a few COVID tests and some injuries and I'm done. Yeah. You, you definitely have to think about all your players, what where are they playing next week? You're feeling comfortable with them being in your squad next week and then, then maybe uh, you can think about doing like a move like that. This is this is what happens when you overtake me in the very first match day back of the new year flow. I go a bit loopy and I start considering. Don't go crazy. <laughs> let, let the others make the mistakes, James. That's always oh, a good advice. Just like a good game of tennis, right? That's there you go. Yeah. I, I like that approach. Okay, uh, I think we've covered all the bases uh, this weekend, and more uh, than ladies that. and gentlemen, and definitely more than that as well. With uh, Flo's rant about better Bremen earlier, definitely. Um, but we are happy to be back in 2021, and therefore don't mind a bit of a longer episode. But we will bring an end to this week's show uh, of Talking Foosball Fantasy. Don't forget to follow us at Talking Foosball on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook. And if you have not yet, join the Talking Foosball Fantasy League. It's one of the best around. Uh, for now, from me, your host, James Sarragut Flo, and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew, Alfie Hearn. Alfie Hearn.